today had to go to work for a bit um hopefully everyone's doing good you've uh probably loaded up some more of your bags today hopefully um pretty nice like macroeconomics driven dip so if you haven't been paying attention um the most obvious sort of like reason if there's a reason for these things uh to move stock market took a bit of a dive today um in fact let me see how that looks at the moment um i know it, like i was down like three percent of my stocks or something today which is pretty substantial for a single day yeah sat 700 point dow sell off after the cpi um that is sort of to be um expected since basically inflation came in high a little bit higher than what was expected i think like expectations were inflation was down to like 2.7 or 2.9 percent and turns out it was more like uh, 3.1 percent and that implies then that um interest rates are less likely to come down and that implies that less cash will be available since there's like a substantial portion of the m1 currency um, that is kind of at its lowest in many years, which is the circulating cash out in the market. So what does that mean? There's less money to be flowing into crypto, less money to be spent, you know, via loans and whatnot on businesses, personal expenditures, et cetera. And furthermore on crypto itself. So the idea is that like the more cash there is out there, the more money printing there is, the more crypto stocks, everything sort of goes up. So based on that kind of news, there was a bit of a correction. Um, in crypto, there's sort of a, a general concept in that if there's nothing wrong with the crypto space itself, uh, no particular new FUD or anything like that, then anytime macro pulls down things like, um, I don't know, like stocks, crypto, anything really, that's basically a time to to pick up some of those discounts. So like, you know, a bad thing would be, let's say, you know, a company failed to, you know, deliver earnings or there's a, a scam or a crime, obviously like a stock price goes down and that's not necessarily a dip that you might want because maybe the company's doing poorly or the coin is doing poorly. But when the general market goes down and just drags everything down with it, that usually means grab yourself, um, you know, grab yourself a bit of everything. So, um, Pretty much uh, like the, uh, what did I do? Um, I had that Dogecoin that I bought previously was sitting there on the sidelines, basically in the green about 5%. Like I think I bought it at like 79 cents or, or 7.9 cents or something like that. Anyway, I got a couple of percentage. I was basically neutral. 
sold it and I bought some chain link today at right about 1980. It dipped a bit below that. So you might've had an opportunity to buy some, um, but it's kind of painting a nice bull flag there. Um, Zephyr pulled back as well to like $17 or so, which is fine. Um, there's not really any leverage on Zephyr anywhere to my knowledge, or if there is, it's basically minimal. So you're not really looking at liquidations and things there. Um, what you're looking at pretty much is just pure spot trading and market making or whatever. Um, with Link, however, you know there's there's leverage positions everywhere. So with Link, you've got um, uh, you know like tons and tons of places you can take on leverage longs. And anytime during a bullish market, you can get like these macro-related dumps that nobody expects, and you liquidate a few long positions that people might have put in. That's usually a bullish thing for spot buyers. So we went down like um, so. The recent sort of um, last few what was it weeks or days? Let me look, 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 count this out real quick. So yeah, the last week or so, um, week and a half, we were consolidating. Uh, chain link at below like the 1970 level all the way down to like 18 bucks that range and uh, so usually when you have a breakout like of the previous high which is 1976 you tend to have some leverage positions put in long positions people play that route thinking that you know you're going to run turns out you, you know you, you get a pullback and they get liquidated so it's good to have those uh, liquidation wicks down to support and right below support because usually people put in stop losses on their leverage longs right you know maybe 10 20 percent below their opening so forcing them to uh forcing them to get liquidated or you know add collateral is usually a good thing so nice little sort of like bull flag now um at this point that looks pretty good we'll just kind of like um i just added to it so during this phase of the market like um um, I'm definitely uh, bullish on the whole, so I'm not attempting to trade much of anything. You know, add to conviction bags, and that's about it. Like, I didn't have any extra cash sitting around to go buy more links, so I just got rid of my Dogecoin. Um, and just like it was kind of like whatever anyway. I'm not. I wasn't too worried about it. Um, so as long as I was like neutral or in the green, converted that um, straight to Chainlink. Um, one of you guys, oh, Drew was asking about his Akash yesterday. He's like, oh, should I sell it? Should I do whatever? Um, it's put in a new local top. Um, it's FIB levels at 3.66 retracement. It's at 3.51, pretty much reached it just about. Um, Akash has been on a tear since like 16 cents, and now it's at $3.51 since like early 2020 or late 2023. I'm sorry. Um, so pretty much been bullish that entire time, even throughout most of the bear market, it kind of capitulated early and had its run starting early. Um, why? I don't know, but like it, it's done well. So the thing about, um, Akash is, uh, it's all time high is a 854. Um, I sold my bag, um, because like it had, this had run so much for the last year that like, yeah, I could get to all-time high at 854 or even maybe even get to a FIB extension at 25 bucks and go completely crazy. But it would be so like outlandishly overvalued at those levels that um, I wasn't so sure I wanted to wait that long. So I, I was in the green like at 320. I sold a number of weeks ago. 
I converted that previously to Zephyr at like 12 bucks and now that's a 17. So I'm actually ahead by doing that. But um, uh, he was asking what he should do with his Akash. He wasn't sure, but <laughs> hopefully he held it because it actually went up uh, and Chainlink went down, which we were discussing considering rotating to yesterday. But it is basically at a FIB level at this point. Uh, maybe there'll be some resistance here, maybe not. And uh, for all you Akash owners, there you go. Um, let's see, what other interesting things? Um, okay. Um, XMR was interesting this last couple of weeks because it had a capitulation wick after Binance delisted it because of um, they're, they're trying to get rid of any kind of crypto with ring signatures, which is basically uh, privacy tech. Um, and it dumped from like, you know, a single day, it dumped from like 165 all the way down to about 100 bucks, which is a really deep liquidation capitulation wick um and basically just devastated any kind of positions that were there and then it kind of pulled back up to like already 127 now i picked it up at 120 because i have a simple rule in crypto and that you always buy capitulation wicks no matter what and um that and like i support the uh xmr community hopefully the same way they support the zephyr community um both you know like zephyr is basically a friendly fork of monero um code and um the addition of the stable point as you guys know so um yeah picked up a little bit of monero i think it's still pretty good right now at 127.07 it's basically put in a double bottom um with this capitulation and the, that was a bottom that was initially formed in uh, mid uh, like summer 2022 at about 100 bucks so have you've got really good like capitulation there for xmr and I think it's a reasonable risk reward going into a, a bull market. The downside for XMR would be that um, uh, outside of Kraken, where you can get it in the US, there's not very many places you can pick it up because, um, you know, different um, exchanges don't want to deal with the various regulatory issues that might happen with ring signatures, particularly like European exchanges have a problem. So you do have XMR available in places like MEXC, which a lot of you guys are familiar with. It's also available on Kraken in the U.S. Um, so if you'd like XMR, there you go. Um, but I think it's a pretty good buy here in the sense that over the years, it's put in higher lows um, and has clearly demonstrated a store of value capacity similar to a BTC. And it actually has a lot less remaining sort of like coins left to mine so if you like the tokenomic situation of monero um you're you're getting you know you're like at that 18 million coin mark basically there's a bit of tail emissions i believe remaining uh to support the network but otherwise um uh like it's one of these by the fear things but it had pretty much its biggest sort of volume in a day of like it's almost entire history except for last season's blow off top which put it at about five hundred and seventeen dollars last season, twenty twenty one May, at about five hundred twenty bucks, and then now we're at one twenty six. Um, higher lows um, over the long term Monero history, which started like back in like twenty fourteen or something like that. So that's a kind of an easy pick um, if people are interested in supplying liquidity to the new Zephyr swap. Which you know, there's a team that's carefully crafting that. Um, once they get sorted out with safety and security and all that, then, um, you might be able to provide liquidity there. So if you want to consider doing that, you probably want to get XMR while it's cheap, um, and Zephyr while it's cheap. So if you want to pair those up and 
I don't know what kind of yield or whatever they're going to offer, but usually there's something you can, uh, but like I believe the LPs on Zephyr Swap will be paid out based on the yield on uh, transactions on that network. How is that a lucrative thing? Is that going to be a relatively safe thing to do? I don't know. I'm not part of the team. I have no idea, but it's a thing. And if you're debating that, you should just grab some XMR and hold it a little bit. Uh, just to play or just to kind of support the ecosystem because uh, the more places, more off-ramps and on-ramps you have for XMR, the more off-ramp off -ramp and on-ramps you're going to get for Zephyr as well because they're the same basic code. Um, what else is going on? Um, so let's see here. Um, so the kind of the runner of the week um, has been Neutron. Uh, that's ticker NTRN. It's one of the coins on Cosmos. Hub, um, it is basically a side chain of Cosmos Hub, and um, it had put it a bottom at about a dollar. Now it's sitting at about a buck forty-three. Um, will it break out to new highs on the Fib charts? Like, yeah, I mean, extensions for it are at it's at about dollar forty-three now. You have an extension at one ninety-three and two thirty, two thirty, and then three dollars and eighteen cents. So it wouldn't be surprising if it kind of runs here now its market cap is relatively high i think it's like a billion or something so just be aware of that it hasn't had a really deep consolidation so far it's basically playing like a good little bull market coin pretty much largely up only except for these um you know like 40 percent, 50 percent retracements and then up again um but we're used to 40 50 percent retracements just no big deal but it's uh not looking too bad as far as like its candle it put in um for the last uh day or so so definitely kind of a new high volume candles someone's buying it up and uh it's put in kind of a double bottom for like the season at this point for this year so that looks pretty good um let's see here what else um other interesting things um so um Let's see. Kujira is fairly priced right now at about 322. So it had a nice 11% pullback today with this general crypto market dip. That might be one to consider. Kuji is on Mexi and it's on Osmosis. Actually, I take that back. It's on Kujira Fin. You'd have to just send some Adam there to buy it or whatever. But um, that's not a bad sort of pullback. Uh, it's pretty good, actually. Nice little um, sell off dump right there. You You want like these. You know, good times to get in or after these like big, big dumpy wicks, you know, like from 375 to 322. It's not bad at all. Good spot to pick up some. Um, what else? Uh, so like, I think the the title of the space, which is kind of like this, um, are we going to zero? Um, obviously, no, it's just a joke to kind of like, you know, like bring, get some excitement. Why do I believe we're not getting nuked at this point? It's because BTC numbers in terms of ETF. Inflows look really fantastic. There is a new application by Franklin Financial for an ETF for Ethereum. Uh, don't know if that'll get approved, but that'll you know add to some more narrative and shit. Um, and then you've got just like no particular major negative news. Inflation numbers were not terrible. I mean, they're they're well, they're they're better than uh, what they used to be, but they're not as good as they could have been that's that's kind of the story and and you know does this really impact crypto a ton probably not with the etf inflows i think you can pretty much like largely ignore 
all the other macro shit. And the reason is because like crypto in large is a very small portion of the overall economy of the world at, a, you know, under a couple of trillion. And you can definitely cycle flows from something else into crypto without having any new sort of money in the world or something like that. So you know how this shit goes, like numbers goes up and everyone tells their friends and number goes up more. That's just all it is. Um, all right. So what else is interesting? Um, yeah. So the, so Chainlink um, in particular, um, uh, nice pullback for it. Um, it pretty much hit almost my FIB level for retracement at uh, 21 bucks. It made it like $20.81 or something pretty close and then pulled back. 1968 today with this general market pullback um again it's just deleveraging and whatever um it, otherwise it looks really really good um it actually didn't pull back that much in the grand scheme of things a few percentage points but i was like fuck it let's add some more i promised myself i wouldn't buy any more but i'm retarded like this so i did anyway um so actually i'm averaging up to some extent here um i've got a chunk of money coming in like <laughs> that's a gigantic accounting error of the last couple of years of my work. So I'm going to get a whole bunch of money, like, like, like a year salary's worth of money at one time, uh, paid out to me next month. So it's kind of funny. Um, I might, uh, talk about an accounting error, by the way. Um, I was like, where the fuck's my money for the last couple of years? <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so they sorted that out. I'm going to get a big bunch of money. I'm like, hmm, what am I going to put that in? And, uh, uh, I'm, maybe we get a more of a pullback here in the market. I don't know. In which case it'll be perfect for me. Uh, to be able to deploy some of that fresh capital, but um, either way, like, um, not too worried about it. Um, let's see what else. Uh, uh, oh, so the thing about uh, so the more I had kind of looked into Chainlink's ecosystem and looked at the CCIP cross-chain messaging protocol, which, by the way, it almost doesn't matter what ecosystem you're in, what blockchain you're on, if you don't know what that is doing, like. Like you need to know what is happening with CCIP because it really impacts every blockchain. Uh, it impacts, in particular, the competitiveness of every other blockchain. Why? Because what CCIP basically does is it connects everything to everything. And right now, um, you know, the way we have blockchains interconnected is things like wormhole bridges, which you know there have been hacks of that in the past and total fuck ups. There have been you know plenty of bridge hacks like the Ronin bridge back, you know, a couple of years ago and a whole bunch of other ones. Like I think it's like 12 billion plus dollars lost to bridge hacks. So, um, CCIP basically, you know, replaces bridges. It replaces other things like, um, you know, how you'll have like, you know, the Arbitrum version of, um, circle, you know, USDC, you'll have the optimism version. You'll have the Ethereum version. You'll have the fucking, you know, Cosmos version, whatever, Axelar version, you'll have the Noble version. You know, the the problem is, is like all of these versions of, say, USDC or Tether or whatever um, are, you know, creating a whole lot of fragmentation in the market and liquidity providers are having to provide liquidity for each of these pools for every token pairing. And it's just a fucking mess. Like it's it's, it's a mess for users. If you've ever used get on Coinbase or Kraken or KuCoin or whatever, it's like, oh, do you want to send this coin to an Ethereum wallet or an Optimism wallet? Like the reality is, like a lot of people can make mistakes on that shit, um, even though there's warnings and whatever. And it's just a shitty user experience. That's what it is. Like call it for what it is. Um, the user experience for Ethereum at this moment blows. 
Um, only a retard would design a system like this for any kind of real world usage, right? So all of this was sort of like um, half baked nonsense that was built because like you had to bring liquidity from somewhere and no one had a cohesive plan and no one was a market leader enough to kind of command enough power to create like a like a canonical cross chain layer zero subway system as it were between all of these sort of crypto chains so what you got was all these like fucked up fragmented coins and it's just a bunch of nonsense so how does this change that it basically changes it because the moment your blockchain or your exchange or whatever your wallet whatever um, starts to integrate ccip with Chainlink, what ends up happening is you can connect to everything which means you could have a circle usdc version on ccip and you no longer need all these other C versions. So Arbitrum has connected, Optimism has connected. In theory, you could eventually get rid of the direct bridges to um, direct bridges to um, Circle, you know, to Arbitrum, to Optimism, whatever. And someone like USDC can just um, issue their coins to CCIP protocol, and that will let it, their their Circle coins go all over the planet to anyone who wants to incorporate ccip so you can imagine what that means it means that like any new project any new dap any new whatever is going to want to incorporate ccip because why wouldn't they want access to every other asset who has been issued on ccip right it's like a like think of it as like just a gigantic you know issuance layer where you could basically have canonical assets that you know are the you know like the only one you have to have. And slowly what will happen is people stop issuing um, Circle or whoever may stop issuing as much uh, on of their asset onto other protocols like direct bridges and whatnot because that creates more issues. Now, remember Circle has their own, um, they have their own protocol as well. I forget the acronym. It's again, a four letter acronym starting with C. And they have their own acronym that if everyone incorporates the the you know, circle algorithm or whatever the, you know, the communication protocol, you could basically bring in circle assets. Um, some of the cosmos chains have done this and, you know, CCIP sort of integrated that same protocol into their messaging system. So you have this cool, um, sort of thing, but like, you know, ultimately like who wants to connect to circle and to tether and to whatever, to bring all those assets in it just doesn't make sense. So it makes more sense if you, like deploy Tether in CCIP. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if Tether incorporates CCIP in the not so distant future. And once you have Circle and Tether there, that means any new blockchain that emerges that, that incorporates CCIP from the get-go can basically have access to any of those coins without any special integrations. They don't have to talk to Circle. They don't have to do shit. They basically just immediately get you know money to flow into their ecosystem. So it's pretty damn uh, impressive and nobody else in crypto is doing this. now. The closest thing that we have to that, you know, like that we are aware of in the Cosmos ecosystem would be, of course, um, IBC protocol, which is inter-blockchain communication protocol. And basically, um, it does something similar, but it's different in that when you connect two chains with IBC, what you are basically connecting is you're creating a channel that allows a coin to go from one chain to the other. And that channel must be made for each coin. And you have to do that for each chain that you go. Like so, like for example, if you want to get, um, I don't know, your your, if you notice in your Kepler wallet, if you use it, like you'll have your Atom wallet, 
and you can go from Atom Wallet to your Osmosis Wallet, uh, or, or yeah, Osmosis address, and it will say IVC Atom there, which means it's like an IVC version of Atom. It's like a you know a bookkeeping ledger notation that your Atom is there, and then you can send it back to your Atom Wallet, in which case it becomes normal Atom. So it's almost like a quasi wrapped concept, but IBC is integral to the protocol, so it's not you don't have the security problems of bridge risks. However, if you want to go take your IBC Atom from uh, Osmosis and you want to send it to Kajira, well, you're fucked, aren't you? Because you can't do this. You have to send it first to your Atom wallet, then you have to send it to your, um, so back to your main wallet, and then send it to Kajira, at which point there is a hub, like a IBC connection between Cosmos Hub, which is where your Atom token is, and Kajira. So now there's like another channel. Um, you know, and then it's possible that let's say, you know, that relayer gets busted, you could have your coin stranded on that, on that particular chain. Um, or if something happens to that chain, they go out of business or something, or they shut down, you could wind up getting stuck and your asset is just stuck in never, never land. Um, these are not problems you wind up with, with CCIP ultimately, because CCIP keeps track of where all of your coins are. IBC does not do this, right? IBC is only just like, Imagine um, IBC would be like, you know, but you have a city like, you know, New York or something, and you have a subway channel, subway station line between each chain or each building in the city. And you basically have, uh, have to build each of those tunnels to accomplish what you want. The difference to CCIP is you imagine just a gigantic, you know, pool of, I don't know, like a swimming pool at the, under, the, under the city. And all you have to do is dive into the swimming pool and dive out of that pool. And you can connect to any building from any building using um, that CCIP infrastructure. There's like complete night and day difference to be a full layer zero than to simply have IBC connectivity. So this is going to be a problem for Cosmos. Like, not going to lie, this is like um, like a serious competition. I think Tendermint Timmy is the one. He, he does a lot of educational content for Cosmos. So... He was sort of also a link, link, you know, super fan for the last couple of years, and he was telling me this, and I just didn't really pay attention. I kind of faded him, but um, but he's he was correct in that like this represents a serious um, threat to um, Cosmos IBC as sort of like a protocol that is going to be the Internet of Finance or whatever. Um, I think that it's much more probable that CCIP becomes the forefront leader of the Internet of Finance connecting all of these things together because of the, all the reasons I just mentioned. Um, and that's not to mention, like, they also have verifiable randomness that's been available for years. They've had, um, you know, Oracle services available for years. And they have, um, uh, what's it called, NFT services that you can do cross-chain NFTs. Uh, that's, and that's working and, and doing well now. So there are quite a few NFT projects if you go on chainlockecosystem.com and look and see what all has been built. So cross-chain NFTs might be, like CCIP-based NFTs might be an alpha, like you might want to go buy up a bunch of, no, not financial advice, only because like they're sort of like the earliest ones and um, you know they, there might be a lot more buying and selling traffic because you can sell these things and buy these things on any chain that has CCIP. So it's kind of interesting. It's a very different form of like um, liquid NFTs, essentially you can, you can get to one place or the other. Um, so it, that's a cool thing. Um, uh, what else? Um, so besides kind of all of that, like there's also some competitors like Axelar, which uh, have attempted to just bring lots and lots of assets into various, you know, Cosmos chains. And they're, they're a similar product. 
but you know you can make similar products the problem is is like once you have a certain amount of liquidity coursing through the veins of one specific ecosystem like say for example microsoft windows or apple ios or something like that right like you the the developers are going to keep building and keep connecting to the thing with the greatest amount of connectivity and liquidity because what do people want they want users they want assets to trade and they want all that shit to happen frictionless and that's pretty much what what the uh, Chainlink CCIP system offers at this point. And it's not vaporware. It is working right now. So it's not like you, like, it's like, hmm, maybe they'll build it in two years. No, it looks like they've been building it for the last couple of years. Um, going back to their YouTube videos, they've been talking about it, whatever. And only recently have, like, they've been pushing out, like, information from the Chainlink Twitter account that that they are, you know, they're like advertising every time a connect, connection comes through. So I try to retweet all those and see, you know, can see those, but there's a lot. Um, and only one Cosmos chain that, or, or maybe one that I'm aware of, maybe DYX is going to do it too. But um, the one Cosmos chain that has connected them is Sommelier Finance, um, Zucky Mannion's thing. And um, like that, it just goes to show you, and that's a chain that mostly focuses on ETH assets anyway um, in their vaults. So it makes sense the CCIP works for them. And um, it's just a lot simpler, cleaner approach to connecting to the ETH ecosystem. But uh, yeah, Conlon, did you have a comment about my rant here? Uh, yeah, what's up, Sefi? Um, I just wanted to uh, point out, did you see that the Grayscale Link Trust is up to like about $90 now? <laughs> yeah, it's absurd. You know what the NAS <laughs> is on that? Like what, it, what, it, what, it, what should it be based on Link's price, you know? I mean, I have no idea. I, it's just, I find it so, so weird. I know they have like a, like a certain pool, like size. So like, it can't really like compare it. I don't know. It's just a weird situation. I just don't, don't understand how it hasn't dumped yet. <laughs> yeah. So it's Grayscale. What he's referring to is um, Grayscale, Grayscale, similar to how Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is a thing. There's a Grayscale Link Trust. And I don't know the ticker of the damn thing. GBTL. It's a, it's GLNK. GLNK, G Link. Grayscale Chainlink Trust. Yeah. So it's basically trading like at way higher than the Chainlink price and has actually had more momentum than Chainlink itself, which is fascinating. Um, it, um, people are playing this game same way they used to play with the early GBTC, where they would pump the living shit out of this thing. And I don't know what the angle is here or why people are buying this. I think it's a bunch of people that don't know what it is and they just see the momentum and they're fucking I'm in. Right. Like they're not like yeah, that has probably to be. a bunch of people that don't know what it is. Like, but it clearly is trading way higher than it should based on the uh like we you know what it like I'm not let me look up what the nav is on this thing. So nav is where like so if you have a trust like this, um there's like what the coin the the stock price should be relative to the token value and how much higher it's trading versus what it ought to be. And that's kind of the alpha there, but let me see if I can find it. Um, so Grayscale Link Trust Nav. Someone's got to probably have a website for this shit. Um, let me see. Maybe Grayscale's website itself probably has it. Um, they used to on GBTC, and that used to be a pretty good trade. Um, yeah, market price on their website showing is $85. Um, let me see if I can find the uh, information here. Uh, yeah, why is it doing it? I think it's just a bunch of people aping into the fucking thing. I don't know if it means anything, really. Um, it may not necessarily be specifically bullish for Chainlink. It's probably just like people just buying it for the fuck of it. Yeah, probably a weird coincidence. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they're, it's not so much a coincidence as much as it is like just, um, let me see here. Like, it's just like, they're just aping into it probably like <laughs> more than anything. Um, but let me see here. Okay. January 2024. Let's see here. I'm trying to see what it says. Um, nav per share. Here we go. Um, negative. I'm not sure how to read this fucking thing. <laughs> like it says one month minus 1%. Oh yeah, three month nav, six month nav. Yeah, you're like at like a hundred and three uh, nav. So like I think that implies that it's double price it should be, or I don't know. I'm not sure how to read that fucking thing, but I'm sure there's like there's usually a website for this, and I can't remember where where you can figure out like what the stock price ought to be versus what links price is. And what happens with this is though these like trust tokens. If you like, if you've ever traded GBTC, which I have, like what they do is they go way overvalued, like way past the price of what it should be, like for for Bitcoin or something, and then they go like way lower than they ought to be. Um, a lot of the outflows for GBTC lately have been due to like a lot of people leaving GBTC. Remember that was where some of the BTC selling was coming in, and I don't know what its nav is either right now, but it's tra GBTC is trading at like forty four dollars. Um, which is up. Like, I don't really know. I don't know how the fuck this thing is valued anymore, honestly. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it's basically Chainlink uh, is overvalued, most likely on the grayscale thing. Is that a, like the question people ask is, is that like a bellwether for future Chainlink price action? And so far it has been, but then again, it's like whole markets going up. What else is new, right? Um, so it's probably like correlation certainly not causation and i don't know what grayscale's obligation is like if that thing is really high do they need to buy more link in the trust to support the value of that i don't know i don't think so it's not like an etf where it's like they have to have the amount of money that the etf is worth they have to own that much link in their portfolio that's not what this is so it's not an etf so the regulations are different um is chainlink going to have an etf i was thinking about that this morning when i was kind of driving to work um go ahead before I yeah i was that. just i was gonna say yeah i might like kind of incentivize them like they see there that there's demand for even this g link thing that they might kind of push out an etf a little sooner especially with chain like not being um on like the sec watch list basically yeah i think so the pro the the, the if you were to say like is chain link going to be etf approved i think the pro the uh the pro to that would be Yes, it might be approved because it um, is not on anybody's watch list. So, like, there's no nobody's ever said anything negative about it. However, where it might not be approved for ETF is the fact that there's a fair amount of token centralization. Obviously, um, I don't remember how much Chainlink is owned by um, how much Link is owned by the company, but it's like what forty five percent or something, something yeah. like that. So that could be a negative for ETF approval um, potentially. Um, it also it also has Chainlink also has like a bunch of huge players kind of backing them, so that could be pretty influential. Yeah, and, and it could be influential in the plus side, meaning like they have pull to, you know, somehow get it approved. On the other hand, um, like they might the, the the argument might be there's just too many central ownership here, 
um, if you look at the link wallets and who owns what, and then they just don't approve an ETF for that reason. Cause they don't want to like have a bunch of retail get dumped on, uh, necessarily. So like BTC, ETH, these are probably in cent- decentralized enough in, ter- to- in terms of token distribution that they're like, yeah, sure. They went for it, but that's a factor. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, these ETF approvals, whatever. I don't know what the fuck's going on with them, but uh, Chainlink probably among the various layer ones would be a credible possible uh, one that could, um, uh, like, it, it's another possible way to do this. Um, where, where, yeah, if they, they if they get an ETF, it's, and that would be real, obviously super bullish for the price. Now, here's the thing. If ETH gets approved for an ETF, forget about Chainlink. If ETH does, which there's a fairly high likelihood of that, that will probably pump Link as well, because the there's a lot of Link ETH trading pairs, and there's um, a lot of leverage that comes into Link via the Ethereum ecosystem, because Link is just available fucking everywhere. So it's like if ETH goes up, Link goes up. If BTC goes up, Link goes up. The crypto market in general goes up. It goes up. It doesn't really make any difference. So. Everything um, goes up. <laughs> yeah, everything goes up all at once. I think like that's the ETH ETF would be really super bullish for for um, anything that's connected to Ethereum at this point. Um, more than anything, um, what else here? Yeah, so that like that's the big thing I think that makes me like mm, bearish on IBC at this point. And you know the the Cosmos folks based on certain design decisions have kept you know ibc protocol fairly simple um good tech and everything but um like it's not it like you know it's not really clear they can compete with ccip that's a real problem i don't know like at some level maybe nobody cares but at the, here's the thing down the line if like stocks or banking shit get connected to ccip which is that's what's been in the works then it makes a huge difference because now it's like cosmos chains almost have to implement ccip and then you have to have fucking ccip and ibc and then which canonical assets are you going to use in your lump in your lps so the odds are it's kind of inevitable as um sergey navrov like pointed out yeah he, he tweeted it big, the other day <laughs> yeah yeah he tweeted he tweeted that word inevitable and yeah. basically it's like if you like it adds even more liquidity fragmentation if you add um, CCIP, but at some point you wind up having to in order to compete because many Cosmos layer one chains, they have lots of various assets in them and are doing pretty good, Osmosis or whoever, but they're not necessarily like going to compete with a chain that has like stocks also. I mean, holy fuck, like if I could do like, really decent grid bots between a stock that I can get dividend on while also getting like, maybe like use the yield from Adam or something. And then like, you know, bought that so that I can like, you know, like trade, um, you know, various stocks and things. I mean, that would be pretty damn awesome. So like the reality is like, we've been waiting for that sort of thing. We really enjoyed like synthetic stocks when mirror protocol and Terra was available. And, um, but that really wasn't sustainable, but when you have real stocks, there's no question about sustainability um, because the system works. Synthetic stocks, there's a whole bunch of fuckery in terms of like incentivizing LPs and whatnot. But actual stocks, you won't have this problem, especially if it's in the background, you know, exchanged via CCIP. And you can get some really, really cool like trading pairs, investment vehicles, and like legit investment vehicles um, going forward. On top of that, like 
And Cosmos IBC has no sort of like um, privacy code really baked into it. And Chainlink CCIP allows you to do these sort of like ZK type smart contracts ultimately that they're working on. And um, I know Ari Jules posted something, you know, like he's posting bullish shit about Chainlink and he's one working on that shit. Um, but anyway, like uh, th there's, there's definitely a lot of room to grow. So like for sure, I'd say like, I still think like the lowest risk, uh, highest reasonable upside play for this season, I believe is Chainlink. like bar none. Like there's no comparison. Like there's just like, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. It will do well is my, my view on that one. Anyway, Bruce, what you up to, man? How's the, uh, your girlfriend problem seems like she's exerting violence upon you. Oh my, Hey, I'm here now. Yeah. She's been, your girl's been punishing you. I see on your timeline. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. My, my girlfriend's got really huge hands, muscular, muscular, like huge hands. Like and, we're talking um, about like, can she palm a basketball? She can palm a basketball easily. The, the problem is she puts her hand over my whole head quite frequently and, and tends to, to squeeze it as an act of dominance. Um, really? I, I don't really understand why. She says she likes the tactile sensation of squeezing my head. But in reality, it hurts quite a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm in this position now where I'm, I'm kind of a little bit too embarrassed uh, to I'm say little, anything is to it like, Does it have something to do with like your Norwood level or no? Like it's just independent of that entirely. No, it's independent, sadly. Huh. Okay. Hmm. All right. So what like what's your what's your um like um what's your alpha here? What's your crypto nerd advice? So you did you like are you pretty heavy um Astroport at the moment? Um I think my biggest bags are Ox and let me have a look. I picked up some Astroport um, with my Luna yield, is what I did. Um, so I definitely have more Astroport now. Than yeah, I have a lot of Astroport. I've got a lot of Ox, and I've got a lot of Link. Um, and then I've got a lot of random things, like we've got a lot of Stride. Uh, in fact, I didn't used to have much Stride, but it's gone up a lot. Yeah, I still have some stride too. Um, I didn't pay attention to it. It wasn't much that was like dust or something. I think I got the airdrop originally or something like that. Yeah. And then what else have I got? Um, got a decent amount of Kuji. You, you still had, did you close out that, you had a rune um, like leverage position at one point. Did you actually re enter anything there or no? No, I closed that. Um, okay. For some reason, I just kind of petered out. I don't know what happened really. Um, yeah, it's like the other thing about it is like, uh, it's again, it's one of those infinity versus zero, like you said before. So it's like, you should sort of like manage that risk accordingly. I think, <laughs> like, I think, I think but, with Rune, there's always this sort of background fear as well, that it will get shut down somehow. Right. Um, that's what I mean. As in it, at the minimum taken off every exchange, uh, due to some kind of like, I don't know, something controversial happens or like North Korean money is rooted through it or something and it just gets taken out. And then I don't like the fact that all the, the developers like Chad and others are just like fully doxxed. Um, 
Yep. Yeah. There's also a sense that the, the, also a sense that the team is somehow a little bit too novelty seeking and might do something like some kind of overly ambitious silly upgrade or something. Um rather than just stay like sensible. So I don't know. I'm yeah, not... it, it kind of it kind of does its job right now. And the, all you have to really do is not fuck it up pretty much. Yeah. Um like, yeah. I speak to uh Thorchain Bull, TCB, who runs validators as well. And he said uh somebody was trying to to pass a proposal to turn it into some kind of insane Ponzi. Um and everyone was really upset and selling <laughs> because of it. Um so there's stuff like that as well. It's like not entirely clear if the team are going to stay sensible um but yeah i'm not sure it it definitely has danger vibes i had much better vibes at like one dollar than now yeah well when the upside was really clean and obvious like the 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 risk benefit ratio is like more defined and the higher it goes the the more the like <laughs> the 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 infinity versus zero risk starts rearing its head and it's kind of whatever um yeah i think like if one owns a little bit of spot ruin or something it's fine but um yeah it is one of those that kind of makes me scratch my head like how how much are you in the mood like as far as like the next nine months are you in the mood for mostly like mm, kind of like uh, mild moderate severe risk versus reward because almost everything's going to have decent reward i think but like you are you being more careful now or what do you what Mm, I don't know. I, I feel like um, or for the season, I mean, like just kind of. I, I feel like I could definitely rebalance a bit in a more sensible manner. Um, yeah, but I'm not sure. Even my Kuji is quite spread large. Like, is your Kuji's bags pretty big now? Like, because I, I I feel like I have a somewhat outsized Kuji size for what what like what it is, <laughs> but I don't know. Never look. I'm just gonna see what the price is. It's like three twenty six at the moment. So it dipped with everything today. Like, is this a macro dip today? It was like the inflation numbers or something. Everything sort of dumped. Uh, stock market dumped quite a bit too. Um, so big daily dump for everything, and that's just all it is. So Kuji came down with that. It was like Kuji was went to like three eighty something, and now dipped down to like three twenty six. So not a not a bad buy here, but I have a fair amount already. Mm -hmm. How much do you have? Like uh, a lot, a lot, or um, enough? Like if a ten extras from here, it's like you buy a house or something. <laughs> like it's enough. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, like it's um, yeah, it, but yeah, it, it has. It's another one with like it's got closed source risks and things, so it's not like. Uh, but the team is good. That's the thing. So I think you and I've me got, are both, like rewarding. I don't know, like twenty-two thousand Kuji, whatever that is now, like seventy k or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that here too. But like, if you, but yeah, I mean, at least the team is maybe worth investing in because they're good people. That would be probably the the what you can say about Kujira. Do you think like that's you? You tweet the same thing. It's like you like the guys. I I know a lot of the stuff that went down in the after the crash and how kind they were to so many people. Um, and I, I don't want to go into too much detail because it's kind of private. Also the, also the airdrop and everything like was fairly set up as well. Like, yeah. I felt they, like they, a pretty, I, I got a pretty decent airdrop. And so like I yeah. did add cash to this, like I doubled, I think I bought a lot more at like 
four and five dollars here, three dollars. So I bought more, but the but the airdrop was quite fair. And yeah, um, it had I not be... bought any more, had I bought not bought not any more of this, like it would have been a nice decent bag just on its own. And most mm. airdrops don't perform that well. It, and it can often be a disaster airdropping people or having um, people who feel they're in the position of being creditors. Um, if if they feel they're in that position, then they feel they are owed something rather than um, willingly holding a bag and bullish on it or having invested on, in it prior. Um, like, I don't know, in a, in a lot of projects, if they they airdrop the, the prior creditors or whatever, um, often that's a miserable group. It's not an evangelical group yeah. at all. Um, it's right. a group who feels they are owed and are forever unsatisfied if the price is below what it used to be or something you know they they're they're disgruntled yeah, they, they lack the they lack the idealism of a, a brand new owner of the coin yeah which is which is in many ways horrible because um usually those airdrops are very voluntary and done out of the the ethical standards of the founders um when in reality you can have a completely limited liability project and just move on to the next one Right, like you, you don't necessarily need to do anything. Um, right. So I don't right. know. I've seen a lot of projects fail by by trying to pander too much to, um, like a, a butthurt community or something. But in 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 the case of Kujira, that did really well. Um, everyone was fully behind them and stuff. And I think if anything, they wanted something to support. Um, in the wake of terror, uh, Kujira suddenly had way more direction initially. After the crash, um, they moved on pretty quick when terror was in ruins. I think the downside, I guess, people have pointed out um, to this is that while the coin was very fairly distributed, it also left the team with no sort of like substantial extra coin in order to provide liquidity for, you know, more exchange listings and stuff. So that's a possibility. I think, well. I think the team owns a lot of Kujira. Okay. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it's high. I think it's like 40% or something. You think they're going to use some of that to do more listings or just skip all that? Um, I can't. There's some reason why they can't have uh, listings too easily. I think it's more to do with um, like support from custody solutions and things like Fireblocks. I can't remember exactly what it is, um, but there, there's some some reasons. I also think it's they don't really want to. They don't really want to play the game. <clears throat> yeah, and they they also don't really want to play that the the scummy side of that game. In many ways, I think it being an island and sort of isolated from the rest of crypto helped it helped it go up a lot as well, um, rather than yeah. being subject to all of the bots and stuff, the correlations. Yeah, that's true. Like you do end up with a lot more bot correlations. You also get like if you give money to market makers now, they're sort of like it's crypto. I mean, they're basically counter trading the, the the actual customer. And so here you are, the community giving this coin to a market maker and the way they make money is making sure you don't make it. So it's like an argument can be made that yeah. if IBC is generally successful and if Kepler wallet and everything's successful um, or whatever, like they or they have their own wallet they're building too, then the, then the plus side would be that like you don't need all of those things um, to grow that ecosystem, especially if they do some connectivity things with um, sort of like direct liquidity. I'd message them with the idea that like this Chainlink CCIP would be amazing for Kajira. Uh, because then you could bring like Tether, you can bring Circle Direct, you can bring Pax G and whatever, and these represent sort of like 
um, canonical assets. You don't have to worry about like pandering to Axelar and Noble and all these other fucking people. And it makes it so that if they don't want to worry about like what's happening to the rest of Cosmos in like Osmosis and whatever, because Osmosis right now does not have a connectivity to send something like to Kajira. They're, they're kind of competitors. So like Kajira Finn to Osmosis, when you try to transfer something, it doesn't do it automatically. There's no like IBC channel for Kuji or something. So it's like, it just makes for a fragmented user experience for the newbie who's like, hey, wait, how do I get to this exchange? How do I buy Kuji? How do I um, do DeFi there? And they just like, it's just too many steps still. So I think like this Chainlink CCIP thing looks really, really good for nascent chains who want to bring a lot of uh, interesting new assets and sort of build for the future. Turns out too that um, this like incorporating this Chainlink thing is like, really really easy like has some of the best developer documentation in all of crypto apparently like i was i went to review it a bit to look in into detail and like cosmos ibc like like some of the guys were on here yesterday saying like the the documentation still blows like like it doesn't make sense for onboarding any new chains and whatnot a lot of like friction there and the ccip system is a universal system so it's much easier to create documentation for it and apparently you just go to their whatever build site or whatnot and off you go but like it's going to be very easy to create a blockchain in the future and get liquidity at the same time which was a big problem before so my bearish case for layer ones bruce is that like this ccip thing makes it easy to spin up a blockchain and easy to get liquidity from that system um that means like even dexes and such are not nearly as like i don't know like the concept of a DEX as it stands today, it's almost like it has to be a CCIP DEX in order for you to get the same liquidity. So yeah, I think you're going to have a new revolution of entirely like separate set of products that either do or don't incorporate this kind of standard. But anyway, Camillo, you were going to say something? Mm. Yeah, hi guys. I wanted to know if anybody's staking Chainlink. I'm not. Um, the staking opens up from time to time because it's only when there's specific projects that require staking that they open it. And they don't open it too broadly because they want to make sure like people that are staking get good um, rate of return. Uh, Timmy has his um, staked. I do not. But at the same time, you know, I, you know, going into a bull market for this next nine months, I, you know, I'm not too worried about staking anyway. I'll probably like find an exit point and, and, and sell the thing if it, you know, giga moons at some point. So yeah, I don't have a stake myself, but I'll keep an eye on that. What would be your exit target for this year? Oh my God. There's so many like targets people are posting. Like, um, I, I think like there's people, if you, if it has an ETH style run, you're talking about crazy numbers. Like you're talking about like 500 bucks or something like these kinds of numbers from here, which is like way high still like, 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 which makes sense. I mean, we've only had like, this is what I always say about crypto. We've had like a three X off the bottom or something. If you assume that like $7 was the average bottom here and we were at 19 now, it's like a two to three X off the bottom here so far. Um, that's usually when the bull market just begins anyway. So like you get big multiples after that. Now I had sort of what I considered relatively considered like, um like conservative top numbers of numbers like $146 which would put this at like you know you know you 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 know you get close to a 10x from here and you get these 100 billion plus numbers 
it's very feasible to get those kind of market cap numbers in a bull market. So like a 140 level, if you're content, you know, you could get out and say like, I'm out of here. Now, on the other hand, there's like, if you get into YouTube and like you see all the different price targets people are sort of making up. And remember, a lot of this is based on what people make up, right? Like, oh, it's going to go to 500 and then it goes to 200 or whatever. Um, so um, if you have an ETH style run with like the same percentage increase in price from the same as like when ETH was at its bottom before the previous cycle all the way to the very top, I think I calculated like you would have numbers in the like two. 240 plus range, which is really good, obviously. Um, the next Viv extension after that is about 587, which is abs almost absurd. And then Ash Crypto, which is one of these, like, you know, I think Ash is one of the people in the Wall Street bets kind of thing. He's like posting like $1,200 and stuff, like just ridiculous numbers. Now, to get to those ridiculous numbers would imply that this Bitcoin ETF thing pulls in absolute crazy amounts of money into crypto. We're talking like, BTC runs to like 250 to 500K, like just absolutely obscene numbers, which is not impossible given how little BTC is left and happening coming up in April. So I'm not leaving that completely out of the question. But then again, we've had Moonboy targets in the past before and they failed to materialize. So maybe I'm in disbelief, but that's mm. the story. <laughs> so, and, so and like, yeah, like when do you, do you exit think it's, this? Fuck if I know. <laughs> do you think yeah. it's fair to make so much money? Like it's not fair, here's, the, no. here's the question: It's like okay, if there was um, a case where Link went to twelve hundred dollars or whatever, would that be <laughs> fair on other people? No, it definitely would not. <laughs> That's <laughs> why do you ask? Fair as in like? No, um, I'm, I'm just curious if it's yeah. just about making money for you, or if it's also ethics, as in um, I, I consider it unethical in many ways to make too much money. That's probably true, <laughs> but at the same time, like the, um, you know, like it's, you pay for this opportunity cost in time, essentially. And like this, you, you make those kinds of gains in the stock market too. It's not just crypto. It's just like, you just have to be in the right thing at the right time. So the alpha is in like, you know, you're early. So you understand the tech early and whatever, and you, you, you place your bet and there's nothing like. A person can put ten bucks in, and if they, you know, thousand x, they're not making that much money. Um, you know, so it depends on the the scale of the thing. But yeah, I don't know what it's going to do. Like, but these crazy numbers, like when 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 Ash puts up like twelve hundred, you're like, wait, what the fuck? Is he going to exit at five hundred? That's why he's putting up these weird numbers. That's quite possible. Well, so. this means that approximately what percentage would you keep for the future? Because this could become an asset like uh, Ethereum or something that it's best to keep for the next yeah, 10 years, question. right? That's a good question. Um, well, if you think about like, okay, where is this going to drop to in a bear market? Um, so um, ETH first season dropped uh, 90, like first cycle ETH dropped like 95%. Second season, which was this last cycle, it dropped like to like 80% or something. Um, so similarly, like Chainlink first season only dropped 91% and actually performed better than everyone's bitching and moaning, um, that it dropped from like 53 to like five bucks. So, and then, um, so yeah, if you're going to say like, depending on how high it goes, assume an 80% retracement for cycle two for link 80% at least. So if you, so that really depends on where this goes. So then the question you have to ask yourself is, um, you know, if you know that dump is coming at some point, 
then is it better to just sell all of it and just buy it back when you feel like it? Or do you leave like a, you know, 10% in there and just let it ride or maybe wait to stake it or something like that? I don't know. Like, just figure out what you're going to do. Um, but like, the problem is that crypto in particular, none of this shit is valued appropriately, right? Like, are these things worth 10 billion or 100 billion, whatever? Fuck if I know, like, not really. Not for the size of companies these things are and what they do necessarily. Um, so these things go to completely irrational numbers. So it's like, you know, like, do you hold it like an investor? Maybe. Um, I don't know. Just do what you do. I think if you bought it low enough, like if you bought it under 20 bucks, uh, I think the odds that it's going to go below that for next season are pretty low. Right. So like the higher low. So, you know, is the higher low going to be above $53, which is the high or where is it going to be? I don't know. So it depends on how much you're willing to ride that bag all the way to the top and all the way to the bottom round trip. If you're buying today, like at, what is it, 1980 today, it's probably fine. If you just want a bag that you hold for investing, uh, you might want to put that on a separate wallet, by the way. And the reason for that is because, um, so you ha first off, if you're going to be ex eligible for the staking thing, you need to have it in a your, its own wallet, not in... Um, like you can't leave it on your exchange or something like that. So be aware of that as well. Because they look at how long you've had it in your wallet or some shit or how long you've owned the token before you're, yeah, I believe that was one of the criteria for staking. So yeah, bear that in mind. But otherwise, yeah, like if you want to hold it for staking, whatever, um, keep some. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, like for the average consumer, staking it for the yield, unless you have a whole lot of it, it's kind of questionable anyway. Like how much are you going to really make yeah. off of it? So this morning somebody sent me um a link to Binance. I think they're offering almost 20% APR on USDT, which is I think pretty good. What do you think? On Tether? Yeah, on Tether. Like twelve uh, percent um, plus eight percent reward. I don't know. Like I'm I'm not really sure how safe or not those things are, to be honest with you. Like um I don't know how much like Binance FUD and prop, like why are they offering this much would be your first question, right? Like that's the first problem. Like why are they so in need of giving this much yield for that? Um, I don't know. Maybe they, like why don't they just like use their cash and get more tether in if they need that much liquidity? I'm not sure. So yeah, you be the judge of it. I have no idea, man. Like I've never done that shit on central exchanges. Bruce, have you done that? Left shit on the exchange for like a, like yield or something? Mm, no, I'd never use I'd never use an exchange. Okay, that makes sense. All OTC via do, uh, Discord for you. I meet up at, at subway stations. Really, subway? Jeez. Okay. Um, Bruce is pretty paranoid usually, um, but okay. Kareem, you're going to say something. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you about yesterday's space when you guys were talking about Bitcoin like 15 years out and how it could go to zero. I, I just wanted to, I mean, I feel like one, what's your, like, I just wanted to get like what your long-term take, like what more about your take on that. But also like, wouldn't getting like a three, getting a guaranteed three to like four X on Bitcoin, like also not just be a bad bet. Uh, and then instead of like messing with alt just curious what your thoughts are oh it's entirely up to you like yeah I mean, the, nothing's going to happen to btc in the near future so you're fine 
um, some people just just take a lever take leverage on BTC and ride it for the bull market. They're like, whatever. Um, it's pretty simple. Plenty of places to do that, like wrap BTC or on uh, central exchanges or whatnot. So if you just want the price action of it, you don't want to take the risk of anything else. That's the main reason why leverage packages work. Perpetuals and whatnot for BTC. There's plenty of that um, available. Uh, in fact, like um, Ox Fund has that, right? Like you could do that kind of thing. So if you just want to like ride the price action of it, fine. Uh, no, the quantum thing I was talking about is really like far out. We're talking about like to to mess with Bitcoin's encryption, to basically be able to hack a wallet. Uh, so for example, a Satoshi wallet, uh, you'd need something like on the order of like 10 million plus qubits to do it quickly. Um, we're only at like four to 500 qubit computers right now for quantum computing. So there's a ways to go, but the doubling time is pretty quick. So if you just double that every year, you'll notice that about 10 to 15 years, you get to a position where uh, classic um, encryption becomes a problem. So this is why like, to some extent, like the crypto space, you gotta be careful with deciding what's your long-term bag. The plus side is like, there are certain coins, like for example, Chainlink is one of them, where like they could just change consensus mechanism no problem because the coin simply lives on Ethereum for now and they can just fucking do a quantum computing version of Link. So the nice thing about Link is it doesn't matter what happens in the future. The system is essentially a system of computers and nodes and they could always upgrade all of that to new consensus mechanisms with quantum computing like accounted for, if that makes sense. So if anything, like it's the bullish case for Chainlink. It's why some people sit around, you know, jerking each other off about like how Chainlink's going to be bigger than Bitcoin one day. So, like, no one ever believes the Link Marine crowd or whatever. But um, it's like well, it's a very important system. Well, what do the Bitcoin maxis say about the quantum computing piece? Um, well, the 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 things I've studied on this is that okay. Uh, and the Bitcoin maxis usually don't know fucking anything about anything, by the way. Like, they're not really, like, technical people. Um, but if you look at, like, some of the research on this, basically it's, it says that um, you could increase the complexity of the algorithm. You could have a new consensus mechanism. Uh, like, if there's enough incentive that someone will create a new consensus mechanism. Um, so, like, there's, there's people have said different things. How easy it is to fork the Bitcoin network when it's gigantic. Uh, and and it's hardware basically that runs all of this, right? Like a lot, most of it's on run ASICs, which means those ASICs would have to be changed. A new algorithm would not run on existing ASICs. So there's there's your problem. So at that scale, is it going to be possible to handle this? The second problem, of course, with BTC is the the um, it doesn't have tail emissions. So what do you do there? Like Zephyr has tail emissions, for example, to handle the network once all the coins are mined. So these are the FUD sources. Are they legit FUD? I don't know. But like if you have your whole life savings in Bitcoin, I would consider like, or if you have a whole fuck ton of it, like you definitely have to be considering these concerns. Like they're not zero concerns. That's why I bought a bunch of IBM stock because like they have the, you know, credible American sort of like quantum computing superiority and which makes them essentially too big to fail also. Like the government will support quantum computing the same way they support defense industry. And um, they'll, because the, the large banking institutions and everybody has to stay ahead on quantum because quantum defensive systems have to come out long before office offensive systems do. And we know like the Chinese and everybody are building large quantum computers and stuff. So yeah, it, it definitely, these things pose a threat to the general financial system, not just Bitcoin. 
and um, they're, they're not to be trifled with, I would say. Like, it's a big deal. Like, one of the few applications of quantum computing that we know of is breaking existing cryptography. Like, that would be the fundamental reason for a nation state to have it above, amongst other things. So there's some medical research and some physics research stuff and whatnot that's happening. But, um, you know, like, outside of those, the most obvious impact for society is the uh, financial aspect. So, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a zero-risk asset um, the way may, people make it out to be. Like, oh, it's just the hard money of the rest of eternity or some shit. Like, this is simply not the case at all. The physics is not, does not suggest that at all. So, like, this is not something that just can be brushed away, I believe. Anyway, and, you know, people always assume that quantum computing and shit's going to take longer than it does. But you know how this shit is. Dude, like, remember back in, like, 20, like, imagine in 2000, what your fucking television looked like. Like, there are more pixels on your phone right now than there are like on a half dozen televisions of that day, right? Like, like, like the amount of change in a, in a 20 year period can be quite high. Um, like, you know, 20, 25 year period, a generation or two. And that's all it takes really um, to develop all sorts of exponential increases. Not to mention, we don't even know what, like you combine AI and shit with whatever. And, you know, who knows how good quantum computing computing can get with like all these new program programming adjuncts that are coming out um who knows how fast fusion will come with ai assisting in the design process and you know these kinds of things right Steffi, so, remember when we were talking about um well maybe you don't but we i had asked the question of is having an algorithmic stable coin essentially impossible does that change with anything with quantum technology oh um yeah oh I have, I'm not really sure. Like, no, the quantum, a new quantum crypto would basically have like, you know, it would just be a new consensus mechanism. It doesn't necessarily solve the algorithmic stablecoin problem. You know, it's a very interesting thing though. Charles Hoskinson put out a video. Vanessa Harris shared it on her Twitter, and she, like <laughs> Charles with Cardano, and he's like, I'm pretty convinced now that an algorithmic stablecoin needs to exist. I'm like, motherfucker. I, he was making fun of me which, for talking about Luna back like two years ago. I don't remember if you remember when Charles attacked me personally. It was very funny. I kind of asked for it though. I was like, look at Luna compared to Cardano. It's going like, you know, the, the community fucking attacked me like you wouldn't believe the, you know, Cardano God or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah, really, really funny stuff. But basically um, that they were sort of like, oh, look at this Ponzi, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, he's like, you know what? I realized that you know, we have to have an algorithmic stablecoin. And they do, by the way, have a DJED protocol-based stablecoin on Cardano, um, basically called DJED, D-J-E-D. And that's the same protocol, by the way, that um, uh, Zephyr is using now for its, um, you know, that plus some other safety mechanism is what Zephyr is using now for issuing its stablecoin. So it's very interesting that Charles Hoskinson has made like more than one video about this subject and has talked on multiple podcasts about this and now says like, oh, we need to have an algorithm stable coin. I'm like, oh, fuck you, asshole. Like you could have mentioned this. You could have supported everybody a long time ago. Anyway, but the, the point is like the Do Kwan's a criminal and all this other nonsense is like, you know, he's not a criminal. Get the fuck out of here. Um, yes, free Do Kwan. Guy's rotting in prison while his baby's sitting there, you know, without a father. And um like, you know, based, based on the destruction of like an actual experimental model. And um, anyway, but the thing is like uh, algorithmics, uh, as you guys know, with Zephyr, you know, like the problem becomes reflexivity and how much uh, collateralization do you have to have? What type of collateral? And it has to be on-chain collateral, I believe, which is why Zephyr solves that. And I believe it has to be a proof of work on-chain collateral. 
um, which we discovered back in the Terra days, because the collateral has to be intrinsically worth something, and there has to be no doubt about its worth. It can't be like something that, like with governance, you could change the supply or some shit, right? It has to be fixed supply, um, so that everyone can like plan around that. So that's what makes Zephyr interesting. Hoskinson kind of mentioned this, and um, he didn't mention DJED specifically, but DJED is on Cardano at the moment. I don't know how successful it is as far as people using that stablecoin, but it's interesting. I One thing that is interesting, though, Kareem, is that I was thinking about this, and this is the kind of bullshit I think about in the shower in the morning, but I was like, hey, wait a minute. With CCIP, if you drop a stablecoin into that ecosystem, whether it's Circle or a stablecoin or whatever, maybe the right way to do this would be to deploy a stablecoin onto CCIP directly, an algorithmic stablecoin. And here's the thing. When you have all of the circulating supply of that coin available within the CCIP ecosystem, and you don't guarantee PEG to anywhere except the CCIP ecosystem, you no longer have the bridge problem where, you know, on different chains, let's say a UST, for example, where it's worth different things on different chains. Because CCIP with Chainlink gives you an oracle for the direct dollar price, and it is a premier oracle. So it's the same issue de- uh, that Zephyr is facing. It has an oracle system to compare like the true value of Zephyr, the true value of like your USD or your, your ZSD, and you can kind of track that information. Um, so Chainlink has that intrinsically. So my sense is that um, if a great algorithmic stablecoin can be built, um, not a private one necessarily, but a public one, um, you could basically do that on Chainlink. The other thing is, because they're doing like a ZK privacy layer, which basically solves the remittances problem, which means you can connect Visa, MasterCard to it, you could connect banks to it. A person can have their basic, like their main account, um, like public ledger, but you, where you could reveal that to an authority if someone asks you, like the government says, hey, have you been stealing money? You're like, no, this is, here's my, um, like you can investigate me, here's my wallet. But on the other hand, um, you can make private transactions, meaning like the Deco system will allow you to like make a transaction where I could pay somebody and they can't see the contents of my wallet. So sort of like a ZK proof or some kind of like privacy layer interact like in between various transactions will make that possible. And that's the kind of shit you have to have to have a useful stablecoin that you can pay with. Even UST, remember the problem was you could have a whole bunch of like you have $10 million worth of UST in your wallet and you're going to pay Chugaboom here for coffee. And here's the chug of booms, like, here's your coffee. And then he's like, ooh, you have $10 million in your wallet. This doesn't make any sense at all. Someone can trace back your money. Yeah, and I would I would have charged you $10 million for that. Uh, quite, for that quite coffee. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I would have been the best coffee you'd ever drank, I promise you. But uh, yeah. And would you would have, have, tracked him down. But you would have also tracked him down to his house, beat his ass and taken his wallet. That was- damn right. Yeah, damn fucking that. right. I would. No, I'm not, I'm not a thief. Money doesn't mean that much to me. <laughs> I've got morals. <laughs> but, but Safi, um, Okay, but isn't the issue with just privacy chains in general is like Visa and shit will be like, sorry, we can't work with you? Like, well, just, no, because, kind of the no, because uh, the way Chainlink's privacy works is it's private where it matters. So like, let's say for, you know how like, like when you use your Visa card at a um, gas station, um, they don't know the contents of your Visa account. They don't know the contents of everything you paid for with Visa. They don't know what you have in your bank account correct because it's like a separate layer it just doesn't 
It's just tokenizing your money for that moment. So similarly, you could have a privacy tokenization done via C, you know, on a CCIP extension, and then that can go to your payment destination. And they won't necessarily know how much you paid, but they can know that it's you, in fact, right? It's, because like, let's say you pay for something and it's imperative that the government knows it's you that paid for it. Let's say you went to a gun shop and you bought like, you know, you know a dozen guns or something like, ooh, okay, does he have a gun license? Does he have whatever? But like, the point is like it, with a credit card or like a, a check, there's a, there's a physical transaction paper trail that a law enforcement can go check up on you and make sure that you were like not a terrorist or something. Whereas if you, you're paying with a pure privacy coin, which doesn't allow you to prove who you sent what to and when, then you have a separate set of problems. So I think like the, the point is like privacy by default, but then public when necessary to the people that, you know, might be auditing your thing. So secret network, um, the ticker is SCRT, which is kind of pumping a little bit, by the way. Um, if anyone cares, but like, uh, I'm not suggesting you buy it necessarily, but like a uh, secret network um, has that privacy by default, but you can also uh, expose your wallet to particular dApps, or you can print out a history of your transactions for taxes if you chose things of that nature. So it's privacy by default, but not private when you have to show it to someone specific. That's the idea. So um, for example, with the DECO system and CCIP, what will happen is your identity will be stored potentially in a privacy uh, roll-up, and that will be a proven thing that Chainlink has proven because maybe that identity is you know, based on your driver's license or some other you know, verification organization. And then when you go and buy some shit from, let's say, a gun shop, then what will happen is the gun shop will get their money. Your identity will indirectly be attached to that. But that gun shop can't know because they already have your ID. They know who you are either way, right? When you show up, you have to show an ID theoretically, unless that's changed. So the, what would happen is, is that you would sh you'd show your ID, this same thing, you'd, you'd be given your ID to them. So there's a record of who bought this thing. But the difference is, is they can't see the contents of your bank account. They can't see the contents of your crypto wallet. That's the difference. See, so you have to have like, privacy where it's necessary and transparency when necessary. And that's the world that we're going to live in no matter what. Like that, like there's not a world we're going to live in where everyone just only uses, you know, Zephyr and ZSD. Like that's not a thing. Like it's useful for us from peer to peer perspective and for certain, for certain reasons, Seppi, right? Yeah. You promised me that the world is going to be on ZSD and that it's going to be the, you know, the, uh, the new, the new mean, like, you know, if I ever come to America, I'd have to use ZSD mm -hmm. to uh, pay. Why, why, why are you changing the sub? Like, by what? I've just yeah. ate Tim, bro. I just got rid of yeah. my Stella or uh, Zephyr. What's, what's going on? Yeah, I didn't. I made that up. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jokes aside, did you? Oh, sorry. Chug a boom. You... No, no, I'm just saying I was just making a joke. That's all. Just in yeah. case someone thinks I was actually being serious. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> the last thing I want is people going, did you actually believe that, you fucking idiot? Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, Sefi, did you ever look into Ramp? Ramp? What is that? Remember the expense management thing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, not yet. I was kind of busy doing taxes and stuff for the year. I didn't actually modify this. But yeah, Ramp. I was, I was going to ask you again, like, what the name of that was, because I knew I had bookmarked it here. Um, let me make sure I still have the book. Uh, I'm going to bookmark my thing. So cause I'm glad you mentioned it again. I need to do that to look at it and see what it does and would it help my company. Can I, 
Can I, can I get a follow if uh, and you end up using it? Oh, here, let me follow you right now. <laughs> like, I'm not sure why I never did before. <laughs> but if, if there's anyone here I'm supposed to be following that I haven't, like, um, like, let me check everybody real quick. I follow most people that are around here, but I haven't done that in a while. Last season, I'd like follow back anyone who's like um, hanging out a lot with us and whatever. Let me do that real quick. Go through the list here and see if anybody's. Uh, I wonder how many of the people you're following are Bruce Alts. Like, just how... <laughs> you know, uh, there's a fair few, don't you? <laughs> not really. He doesn't really mess with too many alts and things. That's everyone thinks he does, but he doesn't really. He, he did during the uh, lung fiasco, though. There was at least six accounts, at least six, because he'd pop in on the different ones and talk, and he'd, he'd forget that he's on the wrong space. Like, sorry, he's on the wrong account as he's jumping in the space. Yeah, yeah. Now, if there's anyone uh, that needs me to follow him back for any reason, just uh, like um, send, leave a message on here. I will do so. Yeah, I've some, I sort of like had, I used to make a good habit of that before, and I just hadn't done it lately. Oh, for Christ's sake, look what Bruce did. He changed the title of the space. Ox, Link, Lunk, Merge in 24 Hours. Oh, you didn't realize. I thought, <laughs> I thought you knew. I thought you authorized it. It's funny because he'll change it and then like the name will be all wrong when we exit the space and um, like, like, and that's what it's saved as. Yeah, it's very funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not that I care too much. It's just like, <laughs> what, is, what do you do that for? Um, Why link merge though? I don't get that. Like it, it doesn't fit any of his current narratives. So maybe there'll be a new there's narrative. No, there's coming no up. narrative. It's just like Bruce says whatever he wants on any day he wants. That's, that's no, no, but you know, you know, he creates the narrative about like merging Lunk and shit. <laughs> but like, yeah, Link's new. Like, he, I'm surprised he hasn't actually set up a narrative. But obviously, considering all your spaces are basically like to do with Chainlink. <laughs> and uh, but I'm, anyway, I'm sure it's so yeah, like, but uh, wait, wait, where were we here? So let me see. Make sure there's no other interesting things going on today. Um. Yeah, Drew's not here yet today, but I wonder what he did with his Akash bag. It actually went up after he asked me what to do about it, which is very funny. Um, hopefully, he didn't listen to a word I said and kept it, I guess. Um, <laughs> because, like, Link dipped and Akash went up. But, yeah, Link set to um, 1984, Bitcoin 49.7. And that truly was just a dip based on just the stock market dumping. And probably just people dumped everywhere, everything to some extent, just like a general market move. I think it's a meaningless thing. Like inflation is definitely lower than before, but not great. Uh, I think it came in at like 3.1% and it, they were expecting like 2.9 or something, but it was 3.7 before, which is even more obnoxious. So, um, but mm -hmm. if, uh, Trump wins, if Trump wins and he fires Jerome Powell, like what's his new fed chair going to do? Just like cut rates, even though we shouldn't be cutting, like, what what do you think his claim was he'd replace powell as like fed chair but i don't know if that's the case <laughs> but that that's his his claim at least <laughs> he didn't really like him for some reason um the whole <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know the problem with trump is like you know all the trumpisms you know he says wacky ass shit from time to time you're like uh okay um i mean even if you're a trump fan you know he says stupid shit from time to time like really last election was his to win and he fucked it up because he did really bad, like COVID messaging. Um, his ability to handle a complicated subject is fucking terrible, basically. Um, especially something like medical, Jesus fucking Christ. Like the entire thing was a fiasco messaging, right? So he lost the election for, for a reason. Um, and the, the obvious reason was 
the internet thinks that like nobody died of COVID. Like that's how the internet thinks. The reality is a lot of people died and a lot of people's families were directly affected or had friends that died. So what happened was that the, the, those people got pissed off and, you know, voted against him or something. Um, he may have done some decent things, but, and he certainly kept up with his policy promises. However, um, he says wacky ass stupid shit from time to time. Like the thing he said about Russia the other day. And it's like, why do you want to rant like to the point where you can't fucking control your mouth? And the older he gets, the same as Biden, the older he gets, the less control he has over that shit, right? He's probably got frontal cortex decay by now. And he's not able to control his like, you know, his, his the filter gets worse as you get older, as you become a funk, you know, funny ass old man, like everybody does. And I'm not saying him particularly, just generally, right? So like if he had his Trumpism before, they'll get worse now. So the problem is he's like, I don't know, he just creates his own worst nightmare. Like, like this election, he could theoretically win too, if he didn't have like so much shit going on. But so like a lot of the legal stuff against him is like, a lot of the stuff is just bogus nonsense for the most part. The, the storming of the Capitol, blaming it all on him and all this other nonsense is just like stupid shit. So they, they're like, a lot of this is just political attacks and what have you. And like, they're using the legal system against him. So I get all that. And so. You know, but at the same time, like, what would it be in terms of stock market? Um, the first thing is, can he get elected? And then if he can, then the second thing is, like, what impact would it have? Probably the stock market would pump if he gets elected, more than likely. Um, but, you know, how long-lived or short-lived would that be? Will it have as much impact as last election? I don't know. Like, the last time he got into office, no idea. It was just a different time back then, right? Like, we were just, QE was still going on, and, like, the world was just different. So, I don't know how much impact it'll make one way or the other. I think what, what, what like, Biden has basically showed us is that clearly who is president doesn't fucking matter. That's what it's shown everybody. I, if you were skeptical before whether the president actually matters, um, you can, like, you can be sure it doesn't. Like, you know, like... Um, in the sense that, um, like, how much proximal control does a president have over their various agencies, whether it's FBI, CIA, whatever, even though it's under the executive branch, like, both on Trump's side, where, like, a lot of the FBI was weaponized against Trump, and on Biden's side, where he's a complete and total imbecile with dementia, and, like, like he was an imbecile to begin with, by the way, before dementia. Like, like Biden's a moron to start with. Like, there's no credible human being that can think he's like a particularly useful guy. Um, he just sat around because like in democratic circles, it's very easy to get reelected over and over and over again. Same as in Republican side forever. It doesn't mean you're just a great politician or something. So he just was there, right? And he had name recognition. He got, he won. But like anybody thinking he's like some kind of great president or some great political mind is an imbecile, right? Like it's like Biden's an idiot. That's everyone knows this. Like you like, if you don't know this, like, I don't know, you're just a low IQ individual. Like you know, it's the same as Trump. Like, like he says a bunch of stupid shit for unnecessary reasons. Otherwise, he could actually um, he gins up the audience pretty well. So you like with Trump, you get the good with the bad, basically. So what we do know is it doesn't matter as much who's president. And if that's the case, and there's more of that going on, is there going to be like less correlation this time with the stock market going up based on who gets elected or who doesn't? I don't know. So that's kind of the end of the year situation. Um, one thesis I heard was, you know, we'd have a run in stocks and crypto, like the first half of the year, maybe dumped for the summer, uh, similar to like many other, you know, summers that where that happens. And then maybe by the end of the year, you wind up with a run based on, you know, 
election politics and who wins and whatever uh, by Christmas. So hard to say for sure. Um, you, on the other hand, um, if you've looked at like the 2016 Bitcoin chart and you look at the BTC chart today, it's basically mirror images where like from a crypto side, maybe we don't have to give a shit about what happens to the rest of the market too much. Um, and I think today will be a really telling thing. If BTC pops against the S&P 500 or the SPX, if it sort of runs today where it kind of gets all of its gains back um, immediately, like let's say within this week we're at 55K, then it's like, fuck it, the game is on. Because like even with the stock market dipping, BTC goes up ultimately and um, it'll have its dips with the stock market because there's some correlation, but the, like to show strength in that context would be very, very powerful. Um, and I think uh, then, you know, everything's going to run like just absolutely send. Cause really right now, like what is the selling pressure for Bitcoin? There really isn't much, right? Like there's maybe some liquidations that happen, whatever, but who the fuck's selling this now? Like what, what would be your point um, here selling it? Like at the very least, because we made it back to 49.7, the odds that we make it back, whether it's this year, whether it's next month, whether it's next year, that you're going to get back to all-time high on BTC is very, very good, right? Like if all you did was make it to, from current price to all-time high in next year, you're still going to beat a lot of stocks and things, right? So like like the reality is, is that it's still a pretty decent buy here. Like it would it be a decent buy at 127K? That would be very, you know, that'd be a tough one to say. But here, eh. Like, it's just a given that you'll be fine if you own Bitcoin here. Like, if it goes down, let's say, to if I bought Bitcoin today and it goes down to, let's say, the FIB level below at 39, is it going to go back up? Probably. Right. Is it going to find buyers at 39? Probably. Is it going to find buyers at 32.4? Almost for sure. Right. Like, so I think, like, you look at the overall chart, you look at the ETFs and the inflows, which are crazy high, by the way. Like, someone pointed out today, oh, yeah. Um, max on um what is it called because bitcoin you know our friends over there with wabi and everybody i was watching their show a little bit this morning on the way to work and or listening to it and they were mentioning how like the amount of inflows to the etfs have now exceeded the size of grayscale's um um not not grayscale i'm sorry microstrategy michael saylor's bitcoin hoard so like that's how much money has flowed in at this point like you think all those people that bought BTC and their ETFs are getting ready to sell? Fuck no, they don't care. They buy the thing in there. I bought some in there and I just left it sitting there. Like I don't care what it does. So you have a lot of new hodlers essentially is my my take on BTC. Like it's like, I don't know, it's not going to go down that much probably at this point. Of course, I may be too super bullish and just too bullish right now and maybe, you know, like whatever. So you do your thing. But me, I am heavily like fully allocated at this point into all my different things. Um, and I'm pretty bullish on alts. So um, if BTC does well, especially if it hits all time high and it starts trickling above that, like it already double topped at its previous high more or less, right? 65 to 70 K. If it goes there again, it's probably gonna break it more than likely, at which point um, if it hadn't had a previous double top, it'd be even less, it maybe it'd be less, more dubious now. But I don't know. It has a pretty good chance of breaking to high. And at which point, like, the alts are going to just absolutely moon, right? So, like, BTC goes back to prior high. You know, by that point, I would think alt season would be in full, like, full tilt. Meaning, like, your altcoin dominance um, is going to increase while BTC is rising. Because, like, 
here's the thing. If you were buying right now and you're like, okay, if I get BTC right now at 49K and it doubles to 100K, I get a 2X. If BTC does a 2X, Chainlink's going to do a 5X from here probably. So like, why would I want to, you know, why would I want to hold BTC here if I could get an alt that's going to 3 to 5X instead? Your ROI is better. Your volatility is going to be higher, but your ROI is going to be better. And eventually, like the these, you know, that's why dominance tends to flip at some point and you get kind of an alt season. My theory is this is like a bit of a replication of 2020 for Chainlink in particular, where it's kind of like maybe by some, like if you look at the chart trajectory, summer is where kind of we get DeFi summer, um, highlighted by Link and all the rest of DeFi popping off. So I think, yeah, my, my suspicion is I'll still remain that like my target for, say, for example, a chain link would be something like prior high at 53 bucks by about April. So that gives us about two months from here, April 15th. So that was like based on the fact that like the previous time link was $5, it took 306 days to reach $53. We are, I, I created the same box. I kind of created the last time Link touched five bucks, created a 300 day box. And that puts us at April 18th as the um, return to that high. Now, it may not even take that long. Like if you look at chain, any of these cryptos history, um, if you already know that Chainlink can go to prior high, people can front run that timing wise. And you might see just things just go gigacent straight up, meaning like, you know, back in 2020 days where, like if BTC hits all time high, you might see a candle for Chainlink within a couple, you know, couple of weeks. You might see things go back to all time high, like snap of a finger. So these are not the days to be like gambling your bags. They're not the days to be like, oh, maybe I'll sell a little bit and buy it back lower and all that shit. You're an, a moron if you were trading now. <laughs> like I think, like it's like this is the time that you just leave your shit alone. In all seriousness, and over the next, you know, six to nine months, even if we get a dip somewhere in the middle. And I'm wrong and it's not immediate. I think the odds that you're going to like, you know, do really well is pretty high in that you get high multiples with relatively low risk versus if you try to trade things and try to, you know, buy and sell, whatever. Yeah, more power to you if you know how to do it. That's fine. And some people have like a trading bag and they'll have like a leverage position and they'll have, you know, a non trading bag or whatever. So you can play however you want. But um, um, some people separate those for tax lots and different things and whatnot. But um, anyway, um, so there's some different ways to play this, but I am bullish to the point where I'm like, I'm not going to touch anything. If anything, like a dip happens, I've got some money coming in the next month, um, a sizable amount. And if a dip happens in the next, like, let's say link back to 16, I'll just pile on in at that point and get some more. Um, but I'm already getting kind of high on the link wallets. There's like that chart where it says, you know, like general to you know, whatever, like, you know, like you can actually see like where you are on the size in terms of your wallets. I'm getting kind of high. I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm overexposed. So like I'm, I'm the one pumping the fucking coin at some point and then like it just becomes dumb. So like, um, yeah, like I, I'm not sure like what I'll allocate to next if, um, in the next month or so, if we have a dip, but I don't know, I think it's too soon for a dip really. Like the, the, I think the market's just sort of picking up and Hopefully, have a really good 2024 as far as growth here. But yeah, by by April, I'd like to see $53 chain link. By the end of the summer, I'd like to see us at like 102, like that level. 
which would be just a 2x from there. And your market cap wouldn't be too obscene, actually, at those levels. Um, it, it really wouldn't be that bad at all. It's like a hundred billion market cap would be like at a, like a like hundred forty three dollar chain link or something like that. So that would be an, you know very rational. A lot of coins have done that before, as you guys know. Doge did it. Um, XRP has gone that high before. Um, yeah, different things have pumped to those very those highs, but I don't think it's too extreme. And also depends on total market liquidity. I mean, if you've got another. Feel a doubling of total crypto liquidity coming in. Um, these things can moon big time. So keep an eye out for that. There's this principle in like Taoism. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's just like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen. There's this principle in like Taoism, where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, inevitably it kind of starts to happen. Tripping on the bird app, listening to nerds slap, wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed. It's like everybody's holding heavy bags in Web3, that's why they can't fly, they just drowning in the bird bath, fishing for some dry powder. Watch how we ignite the tower, blowing up the bank accounts, forgetting how to fight the power. Y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes. They preach an open sauce, but don't listen to the code and now it's mutiny community uprise there's no more humility futility plus size motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal which side the line you bleeding out on when the dust settles motherfucking west side shit needle and noose sticking with my armory yam beta and bruce repping psychedelic artistry believing the truth like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue gm fam really worth all the effort is it really worth all the fighting and the answer, I think, is a clear no. They started using Zoom, now we finna zoom out Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about Little baby bitches when they choose to have fits All you're left with is kibble when you lose all them bits And that kibble's just sawdust, the shit is all rust Not a great look, you're what we call all nuts And I for one did not see that coming Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money Meanwhile over here rewiring features More critical thinking, less knee jerk More evolution, less shit Coin preachers pretending to be teachers Y'all just predatory leeches I mean please, just look at the track record A bunch of VC rap fucks Sucking up the cheddar, the recipe is two steps Rinse and repeat Now we all in your butts And we bring in receipts GM fam, have a seat If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you would be like don't have, don't, don't have to take a side on it Just say like, is it really, is it really worth this war of attrition? It might cost, might cost us a lot more than, than what can be gained game. by like fighting this to the better end. And sometimes it's better to just like move on. Ten spaces. <laughs> <laughs>